0: Hey, did you know Child's Play helps sick kids play games while they're in the hospital? Yeah, I thought you did. There's a link to donate in the description. This is Cockatrice Nuggets with Rich Frazier, serving you up a heaping helping of RPG nuggets straight to your gaming table. Alright, this is Cockatrice Nuggets number 112. How you guys doing? I feel like I haven't recorded an episode in quite a while, so yeah, this is a good time to do it, I guess, huh? We, uh, let's see, I've run two games since then, I think. Tomb of the Serpent Kings is the last one, and we finished off the Cursed Chateau. The Cursed Chateau was kind of anticlimactic because it just ended. I think a lot of it had something to do with uh, me only running the house and not running the entire thing. I ran the house and the gardens, and there was a little more to get into, although I don't think it would have added much more to the story. I think if I was going to do it again, I would go back and tell the story a little more through the NPC's eyes and make it so the, 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 the players got more information about what was going on there. They didn't have a lot of conversations with the dead. They were either hostile or strange. And I thought I liked that, but like I said, in the end, it was a little anticlimactic. I did like the way it ran though. I liked the, the way that you're supposed to, when you walk into a room, roll the dice and find out what's in there, uh, every single time, hundred different options to pop up. Although I rolled in the seventies quite a lot. Yeah, it was, it it was a really good Lamentations module or adventure, whatever we're calling them now. It, it wasn't. It wasn't so over-the-top in Lamentations-y, although I don't know how over-the-top they play, you know what I mean? Although, yeah, I think the the gingerbread one, Lamentations of a Gingerbread Princess, I think it's called, is kind of wild and a little more bloody. Of course, there's Blood in the Chocolate. I haven't read that one. I don't have it, but that's supposed to be kind of kind of the uh, super violent Willy Wonka with uh, slavery, slavery overtones. I really enjoy reading Lamentations modules, but I don't know how much I enjoy running them mostly because i've run two of them actually the two i've run have been pretty fun the i ran tower of the stargazer with 5e and it, it again didn't feel as deadly as i feel like lamentations makes itself out to be but we did have a character death just like in this we had well we had an npc death so i think that i think that if i was running everybody at level one it would have been a little different i'm thinking about well right now i'm thinking about running a couple more lamentations well with trying out into the odd or maybe Electric Bastion Land. So yeah, I think I like Electric Bastion Land in Foundry a little better. It it feels more complete. Well while there are things that feel out of place in in into the odd in Foundry. And the the combat is Yeah, I think I would only use combat tracking if I had a lot of goons that I couldn't keep track of. Because it's just it's It's not set up to do side initiative, you know? It's set up to do one at a time initiative. And uh, I don't know, maybe there's a module out there that does side initiative for Foundry. That would be worth looking into. But uh, yeah, using the compact tracker just didn't... uh, I popped into it and I have a module that locks down movement. I think it's called It's Not Your Turn or something like that. It might be uh, the token bar though. Either way, something locks down movement and no one could move on anybody else's turn, which is how I like it. But when you're all going at the same time, it's kind of weird, right? And then there's no interaction with the with the combat tracker. If I, I mean, there's the, like if I click on somebody on the combat tracker, it'll show me who they are, that kind of regular stuff. But like, if you roll, if you click on the 20 side, oh, excuse me, if you click on the 20 sider for initiative on the combat tracker, it will roll a 20 sider and subtract your decks. It seems very odd. It seems like something that should not be coded directly into uh, Foundry because I don't think all systems use a d20 to roll initiative, right? I would would say that it'd be very strange if you're playing Vampire and you click that initiative thing and it doesn't roll your wits plus alertness. Or if you're playing Worlds Without Number and it doesn't roll a d8. It's... It is what it is, and while it has its flaws, Into the Odd is such a simple system that we don't even need to use any of the bells and whistles with with the uh, system on Foundry. It it runs very nice. I, I I like Into the Odd. It was it was liked at my table. I, I don't know how long a campaign we could play using this, although I don't think I want another three or four year long campaign. I would like to persist in the same world, so I'd really like to nail down a system and persist in that world. And the world that I kind of want to run in is a Spelljammer planeswalky world. Shit, honestly, a lot of the stuff I hear about DCC would probably fit right into there. I don't know much about DCC's setting, but I've read a couple of adventures, a couple of funnels. And it sounds it sounds as gonzo as I want it to be, you know what I mean? So I might have to check out the setting on DCC. If anybody's got recommendations for that, I would love. So Tomb of the Serpent King, I've got it up here. And it says that it should take between 12 and 24 hours to run at a table. It also says that a, a good group, let's see, what does it say here? A group of mid-level PCs run by experienced players could demolish this dungeon in record time. A group of low-level PCs run by new players will hopefully have a great time. Into the Odd is definitely low level. Let's see here. Scripple says that it is based around players having between 4 and 16 hit points and daggers dealing 1d6 damage. So the, players, or the, the characters were a little overpowered. Well, that's not true at all. The monsters were more overpowered. I think the highest strength in the group was 13, so that would put people, I think, and and I think he had a 1 for hit points, so that would put him at like 14 hit points, basically. Taking a break is really easy, or um, short rest is really easy. You spend 5 minutes, I think in Electric Bastion, it it says catch your breath and take a cigarette, or smoke a cigarette, something. Something that sounds more funny. Hmm. Anyway, um... But uh, yeah, five minutes gets your uh, hit protection back. It's not hit points in Electric Bastion Land and Into the Odd, it's hit protection. And your hit protection is more like a a fighting stamina than anything. So if you don't take five minutes to sit down for a minute, kinda just keep rushing through, not catching your breath. And there was a lot of uh, downtime where people were looking at things and no one else was really doing anything. I also didn't do my normal, okay, what are you doing while he's doing this? What are you doing while he's doing this? What are you doing while he's doing this? So I think that the the short rest could have come in to play a little more right there, right? Because if nobody's, if, if they say I'm doing nothing or I'm standing guard, okay, that sounds like a short rest. So why don't you, since nothing happens, uh, why don't you go ahead and fill up your hip? Yeah, but it ran, it ran fast. We got through, so it says if you create characters and run the dungeon on, in the first session you should be able to get to the up through the upper tomb so i thought that we would get through, halfway through level two and we got deep into level three there are 50 some rooms 50 52 rooms and we smashed through like half of them the the adventure is simple and like i said it's kind of a teaching dungeon so it shows you one thing and then it repeats those things so like in the beginning there is a there are clay statues or clay clay mummies basically and uh spoilers for tomb of the serpent king's first couple rooms if if you break one of them open it releases a cloud of poison gas and inside it is uh, some small treasure so after you do the first one and get hit by the poison gas then you realize that okay the rest of these probably have poison gas in them So they stood at a distance and shot in and broke the mummy open that way. There are statues. The first, basically the the, the first level ends in a, a statue and a secret passage behind it that is being flooded with water. So it's obvious there's something behind it. The statue moves and there's a secret passage behind it. So literally, the next hallway you go into, there's a secret passage behind a statue, and I think in every room with statues, just about there is a secret hiding behind one of them. So it's pretty cool the way it, it does that. I, I'm I'm slipping on descriptions again. I feel like I feel like this is like one of my weak points as a GM. I'm getting better at describing monsters, although there wasn't a lot to describe in here. Skeletons. There was a jelly skeleton, which was a fascinating creature. Cannot die, but just get pushed, gets pushed back by damage. And uh, goblins. So, there, there wasn't a lot to describe in monsters, but the rooms and the areas and the sections I could have described a little better. The the false tomb, the upper tomb, and the lower tomb all have like distinct features that I did not describe. At all, but I i kind of read the room descriptions and embellished a little on those. Oh, there's a basilisk as well, so also pretty easy to to describe. And it helps that I'm using a VTT. It helps that the the map I'm using is super detailed. If I was using the map that came with the game, I think that I would have, I would hope that I would have described things a little better. But there there's literally like everything described in the room is drawn onto the map. So it's really cool. Uh, The only problem is the treasure room, which I forgot to give them the key for, (laughs) which is quite funny because they slayed the basilisk pretty handily, actually, even though they were all rolling so impaired attack in in Electric Bastion Land and Into the Odd, you either attack as normal, so whatever your weapon is rated at, usually between D6 and maybe D8. So if you have, if there's a situation where I'm going to use advantage and disadvantage, where you might have advantage, so you have some some advantage on the opponent, your attack would be enhanced. That is automatically D12 damage. And then if you, there were a point where you would have disadvantage on your opponent, from your opponent, or from whatever if you had to have disadvantage <clears throat> i think you all know what i say when i mean when i say disadvantage and advantage then you would have your damage be impaired which is rolling a d4 so as they're fighting the basilisk they can't look at the basilisk or they'll begin to turn to stone because they averted their eyes their damage was impaired so they all roll d4s but they they handily destroyed him and combat moves super fast. As soon as you roll under your hit protection, you uh, have to start making strength saves for critical saves. Oh, there's another thing that I do not like about Into the Odd system in Foundry is that uh, there's no place to put your main stats, or your, not your main stats, but your original stats. And I think Electric Bastion Land does have that. I think that it has a X out of X in Electric Bastion Land and that would be a lot better Um, especially for like I like to show the monster bars on Foundry let's boot Foundry up here and take a look I like to show the monster bars on Foundry so they they have an idea of how damaged they are and I can't really show the strength of the monster so I could probably add that into hit protection or something as maybe like just add their strength to their hair protection that wouldn't work for the players though. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I would do that in with with the confines of that system. Of course I could go in and tinker with it, but because that's not something that I am currently like focused on it, uh, I am not willing to jump in there and add that, not that I know JavaScript very well, right, let's take a look here. Uh, what do we got? Some sort of slug here. Uh, some circling egocentric mob number two. Yeah. See, it's got, um, strength out of strength. And then we can go to, Ooh, I don't have the token thing in here, but we can go to their prototype token and we can say on the resources, always display hit points and always display strength. Hit points on the bottom and strength at the top. And then if we go strength five, yes. And hit points disappeared for some reason. That is odd. Oh, the whole thing disappeared. That is very strange. It's very strange. Resources bar two. Let's see, I think I can put that on the bottom. Bar location? No. Okay. Oh, and then it's on the token, so I can say you know minus five. Boom. Direct strength damage. I could also do direct dex. I can rest, which will, which should bring me from. Yep, should bring it up. Restore abilities. Boom. Yeah, and luck. Look at that. Boom. What does it say? No. It's got a deprived checkbox, um, so you can't restore abilities, or so you can't restore. It, so you can't rest, which I think is really nice. Although the uh, checkbox doesn't work very well for some reason. It has got, again, description first and item second, which I think is very strange. But yeah, this is, you still can't adjust armor either. It's got a spot for money. Yeah, so I'll have to pull over my little armor dudes. And I was having a problem with our, it was only showing one. So I didn't really even try to use it. But yeah, we're kind of getting into foundry here and uh, sliding off. So let's wrap this up. I really liked Tomb of the Serpent Kings. My players liked it too. It feels a little more old school. When caution was thrown to the wind, again, I'm I'm letting my players run amok on the map. And when something happens, I press space bar and maybe move them back 10 feet or 20 feet. But my nephew was playing and he separated himself from the group, walked into a room, and there were five goblins and I won initiative. So I swarmed him. And in, this is a big difference in Into the Odd and Electro Bastion Land. When you attack in Into the Odd with multiple creatures attacking the same thing, you add all their damage together, which just wiped him out dead. Uh, five creatures doing D6 damage against his like four hit points. And actually, I think he had two hit points and nine strength. It just wiped him out. So he died, died Whereas in electric bastion land. If everybody's attacking the same creature, everybody rolls damage. And then the highest result is taken, which I think is better for, for the PCs getting swarmed, but it's also better for the monsters getting swarmed. So, uh, I think that even though someone died in this dungeon, I think that it would have been more difficult using, um, the electric bastion land swarm rolls because the creatures wouldn't have been so ganged up on. And really the main complaint that I hear out of that is if everybody's attacking the same creature, they have to all agree and roll at once, which I don't know. I can, I can focus my players enough to figure that out. So all in all, I think it was a hit. Everybody likes into the odd. Electric Bastion Land is going to be just as fun, I think. I don't know if I will break up the two systems or run them back to back. I really need to sit down and finish out Night's Black Agents and look for a quick, a quick game to run, quick adventure to run with that and to probably throw it in. Them. But yeah, all in all, I'm excited and um, looking forward to playing, finish this, finishing this out next week, and maybe making characters for uh, whatever comes next. So yeah, um, I was kind of short on players too, so we had four people, I think, and they they smashed this dungeon. So if if you're looking to play this with players who have not, who are not new, I would I would caution you to have something extra prepared if you're counting on this filling up the whole time because again they they smash through it. I literally thought that they would not get past you know like 20 rooms at most, and it's pretty linear for the first 20. But they they smash through at least 30 rooms, if not 35. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It's it's a good adventure though. I like the the learningness to it. Yeah. So good job, Scribbles. Thanks for writing it. And yeah, that's all I got. See you guys next week. Want to start editing your audio and video but just don't have the time? Try Descript. Descript's an all-in-one audio and video editor that makes editing as easy as using a Word doc. You upload your recordings straight into Descript or you can record straight into Descript. It instantly transcribes your file into text, and then you can tweak it with the text or using the media clips. Edit out filler words and silent gaps with a single click. Uh, You can record your screen and webcam presentations and video messages and edit out mistakes before publishing. Using pro features such as non-destructive multi-track editing, live collaboration, auto captioning, exports, and much more. Descript is what I use when I edit my podcast. Not that I edit my podcast. Uh affiliate link in the description below. That's all the nuggets we've got this week. Show notes available at Slackernerds.com. Wanna reach out? Send a voice message using the link in my show notes, the Anchor FM app or website, or email me at cockentriesnuggets at gmail.com. Check out my new streams on twitch.tv jerry247. As always, you can use my blog at SlackerNerds to get links to my Patreon and all my other socials. Come join my new Discord server. Links in the show notes. This podcast is ranked via iTunes, so leave me a review and some stars there. Share with your friends or shout out from the rooftops. However you want to get the word out it's great for me. Thanks for listening.